believer in Christ, have you been praying for divine intervention or God's help in real, overwhelming needs in your life? Have you asked Jesus to immerse and envelop you in the power of the Holy Spirit? The same power that he operated in to heal the sick, cleanse lepers, cast out demons, raise the dead, and perform mighty miracles is available to you today through the same baptism in the Spirit that he himself received. The next few minutes can revolutionize your life as you learn how to be clothed with power from on high. Welcome to the Real Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Lambert. In an hour when deception and apostasy is rampant on earth, the need for proclaiming the real truth has never been more desperate. Jesus prophesied, An hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshiper. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Proclaiming the real truth of the written and rhema prophetic word of God that he is revealing in this hour is our goal. Affecting real change in the hearts and minds of believers in Christ in order to fulfill the purposes and plans of God is our purpose. Friends, throughout this teaching series, I am leading you on a journey to discover the real truth about a matter second in importance to none except salvation itself, which is the matter of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Each segment of teaching is one vital link in that journey, which leads ultimately to the real truth concerning the role of the third member of the Godhead in your life, whom Jesus himself called the Helper, that is, the Blessed Holy Spirit, the living waters of God. God says in Hosea 4, 6, that his people, that means born-again believers, Christians, are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Ignorance or lack of knowledge concerning spiritual matters not only is not bliss, but it is an open gateway to devastation and destruction. Jesus taught that the knowledge of the truth sets free, which inherently means that what you do not know of the truth will keep you in bondage. The unfortunate truth is that many born-again believers are being held captive by lack of knowledge of the truth and deceptions concerning this critical matter of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. 
Now some of the main points I am going to be establishing and providing scriptural support for during the course of this teaching are that 1. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is a separate and distinct or adjunctive experience to the infusion of the Holy Spirit that takes place at the moment of salvation. 2. Regeneration by the Spirit, that is, salvation, the new birth, and the baptism in the Holy Spirit are two distinct and separate workings of the same Holy Spirit. In salvation, the Holy Spirit comes to live within the believer, imparting the fruit of the Spirit, that is, the regenerative work of the Holy Spirit. In the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the believer is enveloped by, or immersed in, the Holy Spirit, that is to say, the Holy Spirit comes upon the believer, in contrast to in the believer, and imparts the gifts of the Holy Spirit. These facts are clearly supported by Scripture and are exemplified by the experience of Jesus himself, who is our supreme model. Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Jesus explicitly stated that the baptism in the Holy Spirit will be given to any believer who simply asks him for it. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is a gift of grace received by faith and often imparted through the laying on of hands by other anointed believers. Now the truth that I am going to establish from Scripture in this segment concerns the first work of the Holy Spirit in regeneration, that is, in the born-again experience or salvation, so that we can contrast that working of the Holy Spirit against the working of the Holy Spirit in the baptism in the Holy Spirit, demonstrating that those are two separate and distinct experiences for the believer and workings of the Holy Spirit. You must be born again. The first passage of Scripture we want to look at is in John 3, 3 through 8. Jesus is explaining to a Pharisee named Nicodemus, who we are told was a ruler of the Jews, the requisite of being born again. Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. 
Do not be amazed that I said to you, You must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Now, clearly in this passage, Jesus is talking about being born by the Spirit of God. He is referring to the initial transaction of regeneration. When Jesus comes in the form of the Holy Spirit to live, i.e. reside or abide in a person's spiritual heart, which is the human spirit. At the very moment when he, she, asks Jesus for forgiveness of their previous sins and that he come and live in his, her heart and life. Now in Ephesians 2, 1, it explains to us that we were dead in our trespasses and sins. You recall that in the Garden of Eden, when God spoke to Adam and Eve and told them not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for he said that in that day they ate of it, they would surely die. Yet we see that they lived for over 900 years after they disobeyed God's explicit commandment and ate anyway. Well, what then was God referring to when he said they would die? They did indeed die when they partook of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which was the carnal nature, the sin nature. But it was not physical death that transpired in that their human spirit died. That is what produced the result the Apostle Paul was speaking about in his epistle to the Ephesians. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Ephesians 2, 1 through 2. As I said, and this is a critical matter to understand, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil of which Adam and Eve partook was not an apple, as the mythology of the creation purports, but rather it was the carnal or sin nature, the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience, which is according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, who is Satan. Satan is the prince of the power of the air. It is his spirit, the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience, that permeates and pervades the atmosphere on earth which is the prime cause of all evil and wickedness upon the earth. You're listening to The Real Truth Podcast. Other episodes of the podcast can be found at realtruthradio.com. Alive but dead. 
So how is it that humans can be alive and living, but yet dead at the same time? That's a very good and important question, the answer to which is fundamental to the gospel. The Bible makes it clear that humans are tripartite beings, that is, consisting of three parts. As God is triune, consisting of three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, yet being one divinity, or Godhead, so also we, having been made in the image of God, Genesis 1, 26 and 27, were made in three parts, spirit, soul, and body. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, and thus are tripartite beings. We are essentially a spirit. God is spirit, John 4, 24, and being made by him and in his image, we are also essentially spirit. Moreover, in the original creation, God also formed man, a physical body, out of the dirt of the ground, and breathed or infused the breath of life, i.e. God's very breath or spirit, both the Hebrew and Greek word for spirit is the same word for breath, and man thereby became a living soul. Quote, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. End quote. Genesis 2, 7. So the result is that humans are first and foremost a spirit who have a soul which is made up of our mind, will, and emotions. And then the spirit and soul is contained or enshrouded in a physical human body. So we have three parts and are tripartite beings. But in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve sinned against God by partaking of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in direct disobedience to God's explicit command not to, their human spirit died. Moreover, everyone who has ever been born, every human being that has ever been born since then, has been born with a human spirit that exists, but is dead spiritually. It is spiritually dead. That is what Ephesians 2.1 is speaking about when it says, quote, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. End quote. The entire progeny of Adam and Eve, all humanity, are born into this world spiritually dead. That is the reason we all must be born again. Spiritual Resurrection When Jesus comes to live in our spiritually dead human spirit, it becomes alive. 
as it is infused with the regenerative power of the Holy Spirit. By that infusion of the Spirit into our dead human spirit, we are literally raised from the dead, resurrected, as Jesus was raised from the dead or resurrected, only spiritually rather than physically. See also Romans eight ten through 11. That, what I was just talking about, is the initial working of the Holy Spirit in our lives, what takes place when we are born again. But again, that is the regenerative working of the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes to live in our spiritual hearts or human spirits. When we ask Jesus to come and live in our hearts, he regenerates our human spirit. He gives life to our spirit at that moment of the rebirth. But that experience and working of the Holy Spirit in regeneration or the new birth is separate and distinct from the working of the Holy Spirit that takes place through the baptism in the Holy Spirit. In verse 6 of this text, cited at the beginning of this chapter, Jesus said, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, referring to the natural birth. Then he said, And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And what he was describing there is when we are born again, when Jesus comes to live in our spirit, our human spirit, in the form of the Holy Spirit. It is at that moment that the regenerative working of the Holy Spirit begins to regenerate our human spirit, which was dead in our trespasses and sins, according to Ephesians 2.1, as a result of the spiritual death that took place when Adam and Eve fell into perdition in the Garden of Eden a well of water springing up unto eternal life. Now, in the story regarding the woman of Samaria who met Jesus as she came to Jacob's well to draw water, Jesus made an allegorical reference to what transpires at this moment of regeneration when someone gives his or her life to Jesus and he comes in the form of the Holy Spirit to regenerate that person's human spirit, infusing them with spiritual life. It is the life of God by which we are infused in the form of the Holy Spirit, taking up residence in our human spirit at the point of salvation, when Jesus comes to live within our heart. And it is very important to give great attention to the details of what Jesus was saying in this story and what he is revealing to us regarding the Holy Spirit. The story is recounted in John 4, 7 through 14. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. Now notice he is referring to a drink, and that is very important, and I will explain the significance of that as we continue on. Therefore the Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, 
being a Jew, ask me for a drink, since I am a Samaritan woman. For Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Notice again, the issue is a drink. The account continues. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God, notice what he refers to this drink as. He calls it the gift of God. This drink that he is referring to here. Picking the text back up, Jesus said, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. She said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where, then, do you get that living water? You are not greater than our father Jacob, are you, who gave us the well and drank of it himself and his sons and his cattle? Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water, the water that is in the well that you are referring to, the physical water, will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. But the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. Now, that's such a critical thing that Jesus said there. He referred to this water as being a well. He said it will become in him a well of water, a well of water springing up to eternal life. A well of water is something that contains water. It holds the water. It is an enclosed container of the water a vessel in which the water is enclosed. And he said that this well of water would spring up to eternal life. So the issue that he is speaking about here in this conversation with the woman at Jacob's well is the issue of the living waters of the Holy Spirit in eternal life. Hence, what Jesus is describing here is the work of the Holy Spirit in regeneration or spiritual birth, or the moment of salvation, in which we are, quote, saved by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, end quote, Titus 3, 5. This working of the Holy Spirit can also be referred to as the infusion of the Holy Spirit. But as we shall see next, there is another or adjunct working of the Holy Spirit in the life of the regenerated or born-again believer, which is the work of the Holy Spirit in the baptism or immersion in the Holy Spirit. Now, if you want that baptism in the Holy Spirit I've been talking about and would like to know more about it and how to receive it, I've written a book and even recorded an audio book of the book that will help you 
with that. The book title is Dunamis, Power from on High. Dunamis, Power from on High. Now, this concise book explains what the baptism in the Holy Spirit is, the scriptural precedent and proofs regarding it, how to sort out the real truth from all the diverse teaching that exists concerning it based on scripture, and it provides some simple explanation for receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And if you have not done so yet, I want you to have this special book and or audio book I've prepared for you to help you understand it and to receive this powerful working of the Holy Spirit in your life. So I am making the book itself available to you for a donation to the Real Truth Radio program or podcast of any amount. For those of you who can, please make a donation of at least $20 to cover both the publication cost of the book as well as the shipping and handling. And if you can, send more to help us to send the book to someone else who cannot send a donation. However, for those of you who cannot make a donation of $20 or more, we will send you the book for a donation of any amount. So again, you may request the book separately for a donation of any amount. And if you can, please send a gift of at least $20 if you are able to do so. Now, if you would also like the eight-disc set audiobook to go along with the book, please send a donation of $50 or more to cover shipping and handling for both products and the products themselves. Again, that's a donation of $50 or more to cover shipping and handling for both the book and the 8-CD set audiobook. Now, there are three ways for you to place your orders for these products, by U.S. mail, through our website, and even by email, plus an online donation. If you are ordering by U.S. mail, please send your request to The Real Truth, Post Office Box 911, Jupiter, Florida, 33468. Again, that's The Real Truth, Post Office Box 911, Jupiter, Florida, 33468. When you write, be sure to provide the date you heard this program, the website on which you heard the podcast, or the call letters of this station that you heard the program on, along with your name and complete mailing address. You can also order the book and audiobook online on our website at realtruthradio.com where you can place your order by clicking on the PayPal donate button to use any bank card 
which does not require a PayPal account. Again, go to realtruthradio.com to place your order and where you can also listen to the recordings of all our podcasts. Now, you can also order the book and or audiobook online via email with an online donation at paypal.me forward slash SLM Inc. Now, send the email to orders at realtruthradio.com orders at realtruthradio.com and then go to paypal.me forward slash s-l-m-i-n-c to make the donation again send the email to orders at realtruthradio.com and make your donation at paypal.me forward slash slm inc and include a note with your donation indicating that you are requesting the book or the audiobook or both now please donate at least $20 for the book alone or at least $50 for both the book and the audiobook which covers shipping and handling as well for both offers. Now, don't delay. Send for your copy of the book and or the audio book today. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Real Truth. I'm Stephen Lambert. Please subscribe to the podcast, share with your friends, and visit realtruthradio.com to join our mailing list. Be sure to tune in to the next edition of The Real Truth. Until then, this is Stephen Lambert reminding you that with God all things are possible and all things work together for good to them who love God and are called according to His purpose.